0: Get going. Are you spending more time reacting to or solving your problems? We're going to talk about embracing the core solutions framework, a framework that I came up with because so many times my clients, myself included, are reacting to the fact that we have problems and we're spending more time reacting and less time actually solving our problems. So welcome back to our little space, our little place where we dive deep into what it means to live, love, and lead as high-achieving Black women in our work, in our relationships, and in our health. And today, we're exploring our natural, I said natural, tendency to react rather than solve problems, and how historical beliefs and societal pressures shape this behavior. I say natural tendency because so much of societal conditioning about problems and how we are the cause of our own problems, and we should have known better, we as Black women are expected to dot every damn I and cross every damn T and we are supposed to have the foresight to know what people are going to do long before they even know they're going to do it and if something is wrong or bad that happened to us we are to blame now y'all really pay attention we are to blame you shouldn't have been wearing that if you get sick you shoulda put your coat on if like something happened to you why were you there you shouldn't have been alone like So much of our lives is we are to the blame for our problems. So of course, we naturally going to react versus spend more time solving for problems. So when things go wrong, I want to help us out. Because when we close down and when we act, we don't have our ability to respond in a way that helps us solve the problems more quicker. But first, what actually makes a problem a problem? Like a problem might just be the feeling that something is wrong and should be corrected. You may feel some sense of distress or of injustice. Stated simply, a problem is the difference between what is and what might or should be. This is going to be important, especially when we think about problems with other people. The difference between what is, what they're doing, what they're thinking, and what we think might or, keyword, should. Y'all know whenever we're shouldn't, we're actually shitting all over ourselves, right? Just think about that. Whenever I'm shouldn't, I'm actually shitting on myself. That's a good little tidbit. It has helped me immensely. Every time I'm thinking I should, I'm like, Brig, all you're doing is shitting on yourself, right? How is that true? Yes, I know. Okay. The circumstance and our people, well, it should be different, or they should have been different. I love this quote. The only problem we have, really is we think we're not supposed to have problems that's tony robbins again the only problem we really have is we think we're not supposed to have problems now here's briggs version i like to say the only problem we have is that we think having a problem is a problem right the only problem we really have we have, is that we think having a problem is a problem. What if having a problem isn't actually a problem? Like, then we wouldn't react to it. The only problem with a problem is we think having a problem is a problem. What if problems weren't problems? Just a part of life. Shit happens and it's normal. People change their mind. They do things stuff happens. People don't act like we think they should. Life doesn't unfold like we want it to. And all of that is normal. If we take the context off of having a problem isn't a problem, then we lessen our ability or our chances of reacting to problems. But I'm going to give you three reasons why we have problems with problems. One, y'all gonna love this one because y'all know, y'all know how I am. Y'all gonna love this one. It's based on Puritan belief system. I gotta think about the Puritans. They left England, they came over, they wanted to be a part of the church, but they didn't like the way the church was doing in England at that time. They thought they should be more pure. It was diluting it. So they came over here and joined the pilgrims who were already over here. Actually, the pilgrims came like 10 years earlier. They left the church, but they didn't want to be a part of the church. But the Puritans came over. Yes, I know my history. (laughs) The Puritans came over like 10 years later, but they wanted to be a part of the church and they wanted to be pure. This is important because one of the tenets that the Puritans brought in was they emphasized divine reward and punishment. And a lot of our four founding principles, our principles in this country as American, is based on Puritan beliefs, their tenets. Hard work, right? But that God gave divine reward and punishment. This perspective has subtly informed the way we view problems, not as neutral challenges. But, as moral tests, or where the problem is indicative of a personal failing or divine retribution, how many of us go, "Well, maybe God doesn't want me to do this, right? Because having a problem with getting your business off the ground, having a problem in your relationship is somehow indicative of a moral test from God that He's testing us or That it's a personal failure or divine retribution. Like this is my karma. This is my comeback. As opposed to problems are just things for us to solve. Because guess what? Problems just happen. That's life. That's number one. The reason why we have problems with problems. Second reason why we have problems with problems is based on this country's founding members, right? Those Puritans and the pilgrims. They also believe that in predestination and election or salvation or damnation was predetermined by God and that they were the chosen people. So therefore, everyone else was condemned. You can kind of see it. Like if we are the chosen people, right? And we believe that, it is predetermined by God, then anybody else is condemned. So therefore, they are lower than us, right? And the original sin, humans are innately sinful, tainted by the sins of Adam and Eve, and good can be accomplished only through hard work and self-discipline, right? So hard work, self-discipline. So therefore, if you have a problem, you haven't been working hard and you haven't been self-disciplined and you are therefore operating like Adam and Eve, right? And so to overcome this as a people, cause we weren't predestined cause we weren't part of the Puritan or the pilgrims, right? So to overcome this overwhelmingly thought process in America, we added the response and responsibility of black excellence to prove our own ability to be chosen, to be good, to not be sinful. This added an, an additional layer to us having problems. So now we're just not dealing with our problems. We're navigating societal gains. And now we're constantly aware of how we're represented and how we represent our community because we don't want to let our community down, right? Especially if we're the first one that pressure of Black excellence to be unerring, meaning to not fuck it up, to always get it right stems from a long history of us having to prove our worth in spaces that weren't designed for us in the first place. Problem number three, and this is a common one, and when I say it, you guys are going (laughs) to You guys are going to laugh, but here is a third one that we react to. And this is a common one. When we think our standard, our way of being, the way we think, the way we act is the standard according to our belief, customs, and experiences. This is a problem when someone else doesn't think the same way. And we're like, but it is the standard. This is the way you're supposed to treat people. This is how it is supposed to happen. That's a problem that we often, again, react to over-focusing on solutions. We don't focus on solutions, we're reacting. We say things like, they should think this way. The most problematic beliefs we have are the ones we believe that just aren't true. In other words, Mark Twain said it this way. What gets us in trouble is not what we don't know. It's what we know for sure that just ain't true. What we know for sure is this is the way it's supposed to be. This is the way I was raised. And this is the standard. And we know that for sure. But actually, it is not true. I can say it as simple as me coming from the north to the south. In the North, you didn't go into the room and say hi to everybody. You didn't smile. You didn't speak. That was the standard. Come down South and walk into a room and I am accused of being all kind of rude and whatever because I didn't speak first. You supposed to introduce yourself. And they were upset that this little light-skinned girl with nappy hair, because I had a fro at the time when I was a kid, would come in and have the audacity to not speak. They thought that was so rude and I didn't understand the standard. But if it is something that happens in the South and doesn't happen in the North, is it a holistic standard? No. Is it true? No. The problem is, is that when we believe it is true and we hold people to standards that we fervently believe is true, but it ain't. People are going to think their way. Their standard is going to be different. I don't care if you're married. I don't care if you're best friends. I don't care anything. Like our standards may not be the same. And just because they're not doesn't mean that we are wrong. We just have different standards. Now, those can be handled if we work on solutions rather than reacting to the fact that we have different standards. We have different ways of being. We have different ways of thinking. And we don't make it mean anything that they're doing us wrong because we have a different standard that we're holding them to, thinking that is the universal standard. Okay, yes, that was a big one. It's one of the biggest issues in relationship. What we know for sure is how another person should think and act, but do we? Now we can know for sure This is what we can know for sure. We can know for sure how we want to be treated. That is how we know for sure. That is what we can know for sure. We can know for sure how we want to be treated. But how they are supposed to be is another thing altogether. Especially when we are using what we've done as evidence that they should too. Because, you know, we've shown them. This podcast is sponsored by Brick Johnson Coaching. Hey, I have some exciting news for all of my high-achieving women out there. That's right. I get the emails and DMs from you guys saying you wish you were my target market. I understand. We need great allies too. And we need allies with well-managed minds. Well, I've listened. So this offer is for you too, because it's a one-on-one offer. So if you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed, you're a woman of color or not, or an ally. If you're tired of feeling like you can't do more, I'm here to help. My one-on-one six-month coaching program is designed specifically for you. Together, we will work on strategies to help you manage your stress and help you achieve your goals. Because women quitting on their dreams is just not an option. And this is what my 6-month program can do for you. Instead of time management, we will uncover why you manage your time the way you are so that you can prioritize self-care, giving you more time to do the things you love. Are you struggling with imposter syndrome? Are you anxious with a chaotic mind? I get it. We target the root causes of imposter syndrome helping you gain the confidence and self-assurance to pursue your goals and succeed in your career and your personal life? Do you struggle with communication issues, difficulty expressing yourself effectively, or asserting your needs professionally or personally? You'll learn to cultivate a positive relationship with yourself. We'll work on the why this issue is for you why this is happening, helping you resolve the inner conflict so that you can easily take care of the external conflict with others. When it comes to communicating your needs, you don't need another communication class on how to resolve clients' issues. Once you uncover your hidden conditioning, you will have the skills to build stronger, more productive relationship with colleagues, clients, and ultimately leading to greater success and growth in your business and personal life. Listen, if you're a high-level woman ready to cultivate more meaningful and fulfilling relationships, both with yourself and others, and you take your business and professional growth seriously and you want to take it to the next level, you and your relationship with you and your brain is your greatest asset. My coaching program is perfect for you. You don't have to continue putting others first and neglecting your own needs and desires in the process. Because remember, you are your greatest asset. Let's work together to create a life that you enjoy of connection and success. If this interests you, reach out, book a breakthrough call at brickjohnson.com forward slash breakthrough. Again, brigjohnson.com forward slash breakthrough. Look forward to talking to you. You know how we get when we've shown them and we've treated them so good. So they should do the same. And the same is our standard, not their standard, our standard. Not that it. Is wrong. It's a problem that we can actually have solutions to if we weren't reacting to it. Then we could see, oh, it's just a different standard. And then we can gum together, have the difficult conversations and find solutions. But the problem is we think it's a problem and we react. So here's the problem we react to what they do and don't do and how we feel over solving the problem. Now, doing any of the above, making it about us, not being worthy, or God is judging us, not wanting to have problems because we're representing for our tribe, or people ain't thinking like we think they should, and we're taking it personally, doing any of the above. In other words, we can't have problems because having them means somehow we are wrong, not right, or next to godly or we have a problem because another person is thinking or acting wrong and they shouldn't. Either way, we are at odds with ourselves or another person or circumstance, and we are reacting. I wanna introduce you to the core solutions framework. Simplifying problem solving, helping us break free from spending countless hours reacting to problems, making it about us, and moving into solving them. I wanna break down the core solutions framework. It's a simple yet powerful approach to shifting from reaction to solution. Now, core stands for contextualize the problem. I know that's a big word. I was so proud of that. Contextualize the problem, (laughs) give it context, right? And the O stands for origin identification, because I think when we don't understand and bring our history into it, why we're having a problem, that we have a problem, we have to identify origins and then ARA resolve through solutions. It's about understanding a problem, identifying its roots and crafting actionable solutions. That's what the core solutions framework is about. So let's start with contextualizing the problem, right? First, we look at the problem in its full context. Context is when you want to provide some information that will help you better understand the situation or subject that is being discussed. This is the context from your point of view, from the other person's point of view. We want to surround That piece of information with information that illuminates its meaning and relevancy. We are looking to understand, not be right, but to understand why isn't this a problem for you? Why did you think that way? Like, what's going on? Or, why am I making this a problem? What am I making it mean that I'm still struggling and it's three years later, four years later, seven years later? What am I making that mean? What is the full context I am bringing to this? Something's wrong with me? Is that the context I'm bringing? Like, reveal it all. Give yourself the context. It fosters understanding of the problem from all angles. Albert Einstein said once, if I were given one hour, one hour to save the planet, I would spend 59 minutes defining the problem and one minute resolving it. That's how we're supposed to think about problems, understanding the context and its origin before we even go into solving it. That's why the first step is context. Understanding it, taking 59 minutes, majority of the time is the context, What am I making this mean? Why am I upset? What are the things about it? How often does this happen? When does it happen? Like all of the W's, right? Why, when, where, what, with whom, right? Context matters, especially when we think about the historical implications of problems and how they differ from person to person. What one may see as a problem, someone else doesn't. And that could be the problem. I just don't see it as a problem. This is why context is the first part of the core solutions framework. What's really going on? How is it affecting you? Telling yourself the truth. This is challenging me. This is making me feel small. I feel inadequate. This step pulls us out from the immediate emotional reaction and broadens our perspective. You can ask yourself questions like, what events led up to this situation? Who's involved and how are they affected? Like we think about the other person. (gasps) Oh my God, right? When do you notice the problem occurring most frequently? Is this when in the morning? Is this at night? Maybe I'm just tired, right? Maybe this is decision fatigue. The fact that I overeat at four o'clock every day. Like what is it, right? Why is this situation a problem for you right now? If it was the same thing happening at a different time, Would it still be a problem? Great question to ask yourself. All of these give you context. It gives you information. How does this problem impact your daily life or work? Really good to know. This makes me feel inadequate. It makes me have to work harder, right? Like how is it affecting and impacting my daily life or work? What are you feeling as it relates to this? This is often the real crux of the problem, okay? Let's give an example, problem statement. I'm feeling overwhelmed by my workload, okay? Some of the things, what actually happened? The company took on more projects this quarter, okay? And my team and I are affected due to increased hours and stress, right? How is this impacting your daily life? My team and I are affected due to increased hours and stress. It's most noticeable nearing project deadlines. That's good to know, like, oh, we really get it. How frequently does it happen? When does it happen? It's most noticeable nearing project deadlines. It's a problem because I'm constantly stressed and unable to disconnect. How is this affecting me? It impacts and reduces my productivity and it's affecting my health. Now, these clearly identify the problem. I'm stressed. I can't disconnect and my team and I have increased hours. The company took on more projects, right? That's the problem. Here's the undercurrent of those though. Maybe it's, I'm being taken advantage of. I have to do this good. I'm the only one of us representing. If I don't show I can handle this, they won't promote me. Those undercurrent of feelings, those things that we're thinking, but we're not saying We have to bring those into context. We have to say them so that we can have the full picture. Oh, I'm thinking I'm being taken advantage of. That's why I'm feeling overwhelmed right now. Like y'all brought in some more stuff and didn't give me no more help. And now I'm working and my team is working extra hours. And now I'm being taken advantage of because not only that, but y'all gonna rate me and then tell me I can't handle it and then not even give me the promotion, right? Right. When you said the whole context to yourself, now it's all on the table. Now you have context. Now it's like, oh, that's what I'm thinking, right? Now we have full context. Remember, it's the context to give yourself the complete picture. Those things that are said and unsaid, what we ain't saying out loud, but we show is thinking. That's the context. That's the reason why I'm reacting instead of solving the problem because I'm making this about being taken advantage of and y'all gonna get all this work from me. Y'all didn't even ask me if I wanted to work harder and now I'm gonna work harder and you still ain't gonna give me the promotion in the first place. That's why I'm angry, right? Now you got it. Now I have the context. Hey, (laughs) okay, let's go to the next step. I'm excited about this and Origin identification. This is when we challenge those cognitive distortations, meaning those things that we're thinking, those things that are believed, like my belief is I'm being taken advantage of and the unhelpful beliefs fueling our reactions. We understand our origin story and history. It's about recognizing that our interpretation of the problem often adds a layer of distress that may not be necessary, right? May not be necessary. So origin identification. Identify the cognitive distortions or the unhelpful beliefs. In other words, what thoughts are reoccurring, like they taking advantage of me, when you think about this problem, they ain't going to give me the promotion anyway. Are there beliefs you hold about this situation that may not be entirely true? Did they know that they set out to take it? Did they go, yes, you, I'm going to take advantage of you and give you extra work. I don't have the capacity to bring on more people and we need to grow this company. So yes, I got more contracts and I am deliberately taking advantage of you. Is that what actually is happening? It could be, but it could not be, right? They're not going to give me the promotion anyway. Do we know that actually? Have we even applied for the promotion? Do we actually know that? Are you good at future tensing? How do these thoughts and beliefs make you feel in the moment, right? It's like you're doing a job. You could probably do the job very well, you and your team. Maybe if we solved for some things, right? Then we wouldn't have to be here in these beliefs that are causing undue stress on us. We're reacting. We're not solving for the problem. We're reacting. We can challenge and reframe it. What evidence do you have that contradicts your negative beliefs about the problem, right? Like what evidence do you have that contradicts? Can you reframe your thoughts to be more balanced and supportive of you? An example, I'm thinking I must do everything myself to ensure it's done right. Belief, if I don't handle it, the project will fail and I'm responsible and everybody gonna be looking at me because I'm the only, right? That's actually the belief. But is that true? This thoughts make me feel very anxious and it makes me feel indispensable. So therefore I'm working long hours because I'm helping my team out, probably overdoing stuff. But the evidence is my team actually has successfully led projects without direct involvement from me. I have years of that, but all of a sudden, I think the project is going to fail and like it's on me. So the reframe could be my team is capable and delegating can lead to a successful outcome. And if I want to prove something, I can prove my ability to run a team. I'm being taken advantage of. I have to do this good. I'm the only. You can also answer that by saying, it's not my responsibility to represent all Black people. Only thing I can represent is myself. That is too big of a burden to bear and it's not compassionate at all. If I don't show I can handle this, they won't promote me. Maybe, maybe, but my actions only influence their tea. It doesn't dictate it. I could do everything and they could still not think I'm prepared. True. This isn't the only game in town. There's other jobs. I have options. I just need to remind myself of that. Or if I don't have options, I know I have the ability to create some. All of those is a form of reframing, changing the cognitive story in our brain. And then the last thing is to resolve through solution. Now that we have a full context and we know the origins, now we focus on solution. What actionable steps can we take? How can we move forward in a way that aligns with our goals, our values, rather than getting stuck in a cycle of reacting? Step three, resolving through solutions. Brainstorming solutions. What are the possible ways to address this problem? Which solutions align with my values and long-term goals? How can I break these solutions up into actionable steps? What's my plan of action? How can I address the standard from someone else? How can I bring them in on it? What kind of things can they bring to the table? And then choose one or two solutions to start with. Outline the steps that need to be implemented with these solutions and set deadlines for each step, especially when you're, if you're working with a partner, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. This is what it looks like. Like we're bringing it all in. We're painting a very clear picture because we're not reacting. So we're not taking it personal. And now we're working together towards actionable steps. Next time this happens, this is how I think we can do it. They say, next time this happens, this is what I can do. This is what I can do. Yes, this is what I can do. Like da-da-da, right? And we set aside time. So here's some signs that you've been reacting or you are reacting versus solving. Reacting. You know you're reacting when you're feeling a heightened emotion, taking the lead, when your focus narrows down to the problem itself and you find yourself in the blame game. You blaming them. You blaming the situation. You blaming you. You blaming Clients, you blame like that lets you know you're reacting. Solving solution mode, on the other hand, feels more expansive. You're not tight, like you don't feel that heightened sense of emotion, right? You're curious, you're considering multiple perspectives, not just one. It's not just my way or the highway, right? They're wrong and I'm right. It is, I'm curious. Hmm, I wonder why they think that way. Oh, I didn't think of it that way, right? You're Considering multiple perspectives, not just you from your point of view, but from their point of view too. Your focus on moving forward rather than then dwelling on the problem. Here's the problem and I need you to say, this is a problem and I need you to say, I'm right, right? Or I need you to see that this is a problem. Your focus on the problem rather than what can we do to move forward? When we do this, what's the impact of using this core solution framework? Personal growth. Adapting the core solution framework doesn't just change how you handle problems. It transforms how you view yourself and your capacity to navigate challenges. I'm going to say that again. Adapting the core solutions framework doesn't just change how you handle problems. It transforms how you view yourself and your capacity to navigate challenges. Because if you're spending so much time reacting, then you don't believe in your capacity to navigate challenges because that feels yucky when you're just doing nothing but reacting, right? It fosters a growth mindset. It fosters resilience and a deep sense of self-trust. I know how to come up with solutions. Even with people who think completely different than me, I can come up with solutions. I'm not tied. I don't feel hopeless. I don't feel like I got to get them to come my way. I know how to foster self-trust. In our relationships, it's revolutionary. Imagine approaching conflicts with the solution-focused mindset where you're not trying to prove you're right, but to understand and grow together. That's the power of moving from reacting to solving. In conclusion, I want to invite you to reflect. As we wrap up on today's discussion on are we spending more time reacting versus solving? Understanding the historical significance of that, why we do that. The reasons why, because, you know, as a Black woman, we are responsible for everything that happens to us and understanding why we make that a problem when we have a problem and understanding that only problem with having problems is we think having a problem is a problem. I encourage you to reflect on recent problem or conflict where you were reacting or solving. How can the core solutions framework shift your approach next time? How can you use context, origin story and resolving through solutions as a way to shift you next time? I want us to learn how to spend less time reacting to the shit that happens and spend more time solving because that is our way towards Epic. If you wanna do this work and work similar to this, this isn't my only framework, this is one of many, but helping us as Black women, as marginalized identities, as people who have been marginalized, helping us see, sometimes it's the context in which we are framing problems. Sometimes it's the origin that we're not even seeing. And if we bring the entire picture to it, We can stop blaming ourselves and shaming ourselves for having difficulties. We can stop blaming ourselves and shaming ourselves for struggles, for having to struggle for a while. We don't have to sit in the muck of shame for having problems. The only problem with having a problem is that we think it is a problem. I will stand by that. Thank you for joining me today. Remember, you are capable of navigating any problem with grace, wisdom, and effectiveness. Until next time, keep embracing your journey and start using the core solutions framework. And if you want to work with me one-on-one, you know what to do. All right, talk to you guys later. Bye. Did you enjoy this podcast? Where I have a personal invitation. I want to spend time with you, coach you, talk about the issues that are affecting you. We do this in a community we call the Melanin Hour, created just for us high-achieving Black women. You can register at brickjohnson.com forward slash coaching. And don't forget, Deeply Rooted is where we put all this shit together. We immerse ourselves and we master this. Six months, you, me, and a bunch of women that look like you and got a little melanin in them. (laughs) That's Deeply Rooted. You can register for the wait list at BrickJohnson.com forward slash group. Hope to see you there. Bye.